I am in an office and I have five different businesses that I'm working on all the time. So yes, I do like to work, um, but I also, I can say I'm, I'm able to take two months vacation a year today. So, and that was because I changed the mindset from being a graphic designer and owning my studio and working for myself to, wait a second, I can actually rent an office and have five graphic designers do that for me. Wow. And I can just go out and instead of getting my neighbor as a client, I can actually go after Toyota, which I actually ended up doing in Peru, by the way. Wow. <laughs> I got a little job, but, um, but that also helped me open my mind to, oh my God, which is the reason why I decided to go for marketing and communications. Okay, back again with another episode of Attractive Mindset. Today we have an amazing young lady who has done so much for the community of South Florida in general. She's super energetic, has a great personality, and when it comes to business, she's one of the greatest people that I know. And I'm going to let her tell you more about herself. And so, Miss Alexa Boothman. Well, thank you for having me, Rich. It's a pleasure being here with you today. So exactly what is it that you do in business? So I rent physical space. Basically, I provide you with an office. It comes fully furnished with internet and um, phone, uh, break room, and all the utilities included. So you can just come with your computer and start working. Number two is the virtual offices. Basically, I provide businesses with a physical address so they can start their, their uh, business. And when people look you up, they will see that you're in a class A building on the fourth floor and you're sharing the space with other businesses, but that is a community. We can also uh, provide you with a telephone number and we can answer the phone for you. So you look even bigger than what you really are, but it's just steps for you to take uh, without having a long-term commitment and spending a lot of money on an office, secretary, assistant. This is a way to start and not spend all your money on um, the physical space and things like that. So, and with a virtual office, you can also use the facilities. So you can meet people, you can have interviews, you can use the services. So it gives you um, ample usage of all our services. Okay. And so you just told them a complete insider scoop on basically, you know, getting ahead of the game because I do business coaching. And so that's a definite staple that I tell them is you're either going to need a, you know, physical address or you're going to need a virtual office address. And so explain a little bit more about virtual offices and why it's super essential for somebody that, you know, especially within this age of business, you know, is going to be critical for them to have. Well, first off, we're, we're in the state of Florida. So Florida is a no fault state. So it's up to the client to research who he's doing business with. That would be number one. And we don't recommend that people use their home address. And there's a lot of different reasons why, but you don't want to use your home address. If people look you up on Google, they're going to see that you're at a house or an apartment somewhere, which doesn't give you, doesn't make you credible or, or legit. And you don't want to have your address on the internet for business. That's number one. Number two, Google will not let you advertise on Google Maps if you have a home address. Mm. Number three, the CD. You have to ask for permission, requirements, pay. 
they don't want you doing business at just any location, just because you feel like using your home address so you don't have to spend the money. Um, so it's credibility. It's um, It makes you also look, the perception is everything, and it makes you look bigger than what you are. You want people to trust you. So being in a place like mine, a co-working, they can come through the door. They will see your name on the lobby directory. They can walk to the fourth floor and stop by at the front desk. And you're just not in at the moment. We call you immediately. We'll let you know um, who's here to see you. We can receive payments for you. We can receive mail for you. And we keep it safe. So it's like having an actual office without the physical space. So for example, if you're a real estate agent, um, or if you're in any kind of service industry, you know, you do repairs, you are an electrician, you need to be on the road. That is the main goal, that you're on the road. But for business purposes, you need to have an address, a main location. So this could be the place where your clients send you checks, where you uh, leave your payroll for your employees to come on Friday and pick it up. You can use this for, for bank uh, purposes, IRS. So we make sure that we take care of your things. Now, there is one thing called P.O. Box, and we all know it's very inexpensive. But P.O. Box is also just a box at a location, and it does not give you credibility. Again, when people look you up, you don't look credible. People don't want to do business with someone they, can look, they can't look for. They, especially banks. Especially banks. Banks will not allow you to open a... a, a you know, an account, unless you have an EIN number, unless you have an address. Uh, and it's much better if you have a legal business address. Uh, but also, you, um, we currently have five locations. So that's another way to grow a business, actually. But um, I definitely recommend that people get, if not with me, with in whatever location they are, they look for some kind of mail address or business professional business address wow perfect and so yeah that's that's essentially how we pretty much met you know alexa you know uh rov productions definitely uh that's the production company you know we we met alexa i want to say like four years ago now and so yeah. it's definitely been a while and you know just the creative space that she subjected us to you know it's it's a it's a melting pot of businesses you know it's not just one business that's here you have some people that you know may do lawyer type things you have some people that have you know stores you have some people that have self businesses you know the mom and pop kind of businesses it's just everybody you know, together in a space, you know, everybody's nice. There's events that she has going on and it's a really good community. And, and, you know, it's definitely central. The location that we are at are in, is in Hollywood. And so, you know, just having that as an in-between between Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and it's just convenient and you definitely need it when you get into business. And so with that said, how did you even get into this business? <laughs> okay. So, um, I believe it was in 2000, and two, more or less, um, I decided to go back to school. I have a degree in commercial art. Wow. And <laughs> decided to go back and do marketing and communications. And I wanted, I wanted to go full time. I knew that, that I wanted to finish my degree in a year, which was like a, pushing a little bit too much. So I started working at an executive business center, which was literally five minutes away from my house. And I thought, well, it can't be that hard to, you know, sort mail and answer phones. 
Uh, little did I know, it was much harder than anybody can think because, of course, you're working with different businesses, different owners, different employees of different businesses, uh, different names, and you're answering the phone for all these type of industries. And to give a good service, you need to know what each one of them does. Mm. So by the time I graduated, I was in love with meeting so many people, and I realized that I could help them because most, most of them were starting out. And I had learned so much that I just, I could help them. I could talk to them. I knew that I could offer them the best solution for their office. So if somebody came and they were starting up and they had saved and they were using all their savings to open an office, I would gear them to, towards the virtual office. So they would put all their money into marketing. I would help them with marketing ideas. And, uh, you know, and then they, you would see them evolve from you know, having mail service alone to, hey, I'm getting so many phone calls. How about, can you provide me with a phone? And then we would. And then we just, it exploded and we ended up having um, four executive suites. Wow. Yes. And from there, we, uh, well, the owner of the company decided to sell. We, he sold the business and and I knew I wasn't done. So I took the chance and I opened my own. And that's where it all started in 2016. Wow. Okay. Well, 2008. Yes, 2008. Wow. <laughs> and so, okay, so you going to open your own after learning from that kind of business, what's the process, you know, going through that? And so you said you have a commercial art degree. And so, you know, getting into that field from, you know, just working for, you know, a company that does the executive suites into owning, you know, a company that controls the executive suites. What's that shift look like? It's not easy. It's not easy because um, I was used to give, providing clients leases that were approximately between six to eight pages versus I got my first lease and it was um, 32 pages. Wow. I, I, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't prepared. I couldn't understand. Um, but one thing I knew is that I had been in a huge community mm. and I had met a lot of people along the way. So, you know, that's where the community comes into play. I actually knocked the door of um, an attorney that had started with me and he did commercial real estate and he started by himself. And when, by the time he left us, he had five offices wow. and a full staff. Yes. And so I knocked on the door and of course he provided his services just, you know, I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> so he helped me with, with the leasing, the negotiation and everything. And that's when you start learning, oh my God, it, it's not as easy as I thought. And then, you know, you need an accountant or, or somebody to guide you and you don't have the capital to pay an accountant to tell you if you should open an LLC, you should open a corporation. Once you open a corporation, you should make it an S-Corp and then you have to get the EIN number. And so it was, it became a learning experience. I am glad that I had uh, the community that I had and it was a lot of effort, but all my clients pulled through. Um, I had to buy furniture. I had to buy phone equipment. I had to sign agreements and contracts with vendors. And, you know, there was a lot of um, work involved that I, it was completely different from renting small offices to something now so big. Um, but I've learned a lot. Um, 
there were a lot of headaches at the beginning until, you know, you learn. But I did get amazing clients that are still with me 15 years later. Wow. And they actually, uh, you know, they bet on me. They said, okay, well, you'll do it. We're here for you. And uh, we've learned over the years, we're, we've uh, upgraded all our systems. Now we are full technology. And now I'm able as well to help clients and I can guide them. And if anybody needs some kind of bookkeeping help, well, I have somebody for them. Anybody needs maybe not an accountant or a lawyer, but a paralegal to help them with some forms. I also have it right here. Um, and so I, I still help. I knew I, I could still help people. I still do. Uh, my door is always open, as you know. <laughs> so any client walks through that door and they need to speak with me, I'm available. I may not know it all, but if anybody needs some kind of coaching or they, I feel like they are stuck, well, I guide them to you because I know that you're going to get them, get that block, um, get it out of the way, talk to them on a way, teach them procedures, manuals. I don't know. There's a way to make it bigger. What is it that you want as an entrepreneur? Well, we as a community can make that happen. You know, we have, like you said, you know, we have a bunch of different companies. We have a funding company today. We have an Amazon store. We have um, engineers. We have uh, janitorial. So we have a big community. Everybody brings something to the table. We try to make a, we try to make as many events so people get to know each other. The majority of the businesses here are one to two people operation, maybe three. And so it's good to collaborate and help each other and maybe do partnerships. And that's another way to grow. Exactly. 100 percent. And so, you know, getting, you know, going tracking back towards what you said a little bit earlier, you know, finding the capital for things like this. You know, how do you get yourself, you know, if somebody were to start something like an executive suite, you know, how would they get? you know, to that level of, okay, you know, I need to solidify this amount of capital because this is commercial real estate. That's definitely not cheap. And so how do you, how do you navigate that field? Especially, you know, not, not even this being your background, like that takes a lot of raw talent. I don't think people understand that. Well, my case was a little bit uh, different because I actually took all the, my savings account, <laughs> but I started with 10 offices the business doesn't really make money with 10 offices. I had, I think, at that time, 5,000 square feet, mm. but I knew I could make it grow. So today we have 15,550. Wow. Um, could I have started with that kind of money? No. Unfortunately, commercial real estate is a completely different ballpark. So they ask between two to three months deposit on a rental, let's say, between I don't know, 30,000 a month through 70,000 a month. So now if you do the math, we're looking at a lot of capital. There's different businesses. There, there's businesses that you can go to the bank or the SBA and ask for a loan. And that loan is attached to, let's say, um, equipment. You know, you get into the tracking business. So you ask for a loan, but the money that is secure through the trucks. In this industry, unfortunately, I don't have any tangibles. So basically, the bank wouldn't lend me any money because I only had signed leases. Mm. So for the bank, it didn't mean anything. So I built it based on my reputation. If anybody wants to get into this industry, it's not easy. 
<laughs> you have to look for a building that's willing to work with you. And you do have to get the funding. Uh, now I have different, I know a lot of different, um, you know, companies that provide funding. But of course, now I've been in business for 15 years. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Um, I can I can walk into a bank and ask and they will give me uh, some funds. But on the first one, it's not it's not easy. It depends on the type of business that you're in. But there are there are cities that provide uh, grants when you're starting a business. Mm. We all know that you're a hairstylist. Hey, there's a few zip codes today that are actually giving grants. Wow. Depending on the area. Yes, because they want the business. A lot of people lost businesses during COVID. And the cities have open spaces, areas. They want business to strive again. There's a lot of money out there. You just need to look for it or get someone like you, you know, to help them. Because navigating that world on itself is very, very complicated. It is. Yes. Finding, it's not just finding the grants or the loans. It's talking with someone and filing the paperwork. Mm -hmm. That is where it gets a little bit tricky and complicated. Doing the business plans, very complicated. So we may be great at graphic design, commercial art, marketing. I'm great at that. But then there's also a backside, mm. you know? And the backside is where you, I definitely recommend getting a, a business coach or getting some kind of support. Um, I also truly believe in getting two to three people that you look up to that, you know, whenever you're questioning or you have a question about something, you can't feel bad. You can't just grab the phone, call them up. Hey, how would you do this? How would you handle this? How can I go about this? And listen, people are there to help. People want to help you. So that's how I, uh, the funding, that's how I overcame it. But I started with my own. Mm, okay. And so to touch on something that you definitely brought up, what was the difference in your business you know when COVID happened and you know recovering from that situation after since this is a you know brick and mortar well COVID hit us hard uh, especially because I was working with small uh, businesses entrepreneurs people starting up and of course I kept seeing them just disappearing closing and um, I kept seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, but people, of course, didn't believe me. So um, I had two locations. I had to close one because most people just wanted to get out of business and they didn't want to wait until things got better. But as time went by, a lot of people have reevaluated the way they do business. And a lot of people have decided that they want to work for themselves that they want to stay at home, that they actually are very productive being at home. However, we go back to, but you still need to have a professional address. If you're going to meet someone or if you're going to hire someone, you don't want to interview them at Starbucks. Exactly. You want to make it a little more professional. Otherwise, the trust will may not be there. Why is my attorney meeting me on a Starbucks? You know, it's it's just we're not ready for that yet. Maybe in 10 years he'll be that way, but today it isn't. So not only did we go back into our game, we are at the top right now wow. because a lot of big corporations are also reevaluating. So instead of just getting a location in Hollywood, 
they're getting a location in Hollywood for the owner and a location in Boca for the employees that need the space because they're more productive at the office and a location in Breckel just so that they can do a monthly meeting on the conference room. Uh, so it has grown a lot. P people going uh, in business, are they need to do the Google advertising. They need the Google code. And in order to get the Google co code, you do need an address. And it's got to be approved by Google. Mm. So you um, you want to rely on a company like like us, on a co-working space that actually has traditional offices or physical space. Otherwise, Google will also deny it. So, um, but today, um, I'm glad to say that a lot of people are going into business and exploring new ideas, new ventures. And, you know, it's fun. Um, I don't know about a, a lot of new businesses that are signing up, but I'm learning. And one thing I know is how to help them on, a, on the uh, space area. So, and on the marketing a little bit or how to guide them or who they should contact. So on that end, um, today is the prime. This is a great business to be in. Um, most of us, the ones that, you know, hold on, we knew this was going to happen. Mm. We knew that people were not going to want to sign four-year, five-year, 10-year agreements. Uh, landlords, unfortunately, didn't work with us when COVID hit. Mm. Our leases went up. Wow. Yep. My lease went up. I help, yes. You know, you don't pay one, two months, but next year, you not only you have to pay your rent, you will have to pay that on top. So, mm. yes, there was help, but not the help that we needed. So a lot of executive suites, a lot of co-working share spaces had to close. Um, but the ones that were able to hold on through were were amazing. We're full. Um, we have a lot of customers. And we're also, um, I guess changing our procedures a little bit, making it more streamlined as well. Um, a lot of people don't need phone answering anymore. They just need a number. People are working from their cell phones. So we're creating new packages and new ways to handle that. That's why we're offering now five different locations. Mm. Um, so things are working a, a little bit different. You know, people are asking for more bandwidth when they rent the office, but not necessarily phone answering, secretarial, they don't need it uh, anymore, you know? Everybody's going paperless. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just different different, um, different businesses. Now we have podcasting. Yeah. That's a, a, an interesting topic. Not before, who would have thought about that? Exactly. You know, influencers, who would have thought about that? So it, it, there's different careers and things going on. AI. AI is big. AI is big. And they just need a place to sit down and think, you know, or we have a company, Clear. Everybody knows Clear from the airport. Well, they come twice a month to conduct interviews right here. And it's and they do have an actual office in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. At the airport. It's just, you know, it's complicated. If you go in for an interview, you have to pay for parking. You take longer. This is easy. It's convenient. We're two blocks away from I-95. Um free parking and it's comfortable. So they've been doing business with us for a while. And it's, it's, it's like I said, business has changed for all of us and we just have to adjust, I guess.
Definitely, definitely have to adjust. And so when you're choosing a location, like what do you think about what goes into, you know, the thought process of choosing a specific location to have these spaces? In the past, I always wanted to be close to a highway to make it convenient. Definitely wanted to have free parking or at least low price parking. And I wanted to be always close to a courthouse, a satellite courthouse. Because back 15 years ago, I mean, 90% of my business was attorneys. Mm. And that's what I focused on. And I, um, I've helped so many of them that I kind of have like a, a legal assistant degree, kind of. <laughs> um, so that's what I was looking for. Now things have changed. I still think a location should be close to some kind of highway. Um, now it would have to be based on the city itself, the kind of people living in the city. So you have to study the actual city you're thinking of, how many centers there already are. Mm. I still think that um, depending on the business, you can go class A, class B, class C, or you can have both. Uh, it depends on what target you want to go to. Because if you want to go to the target that does event planning and um, podcasting, you may want to have a first floor location so people can come and go easy access. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to do a co-working based on, um, you know, um, anything that has to do with facials and and eyelashes and hair, you want to do an executive suite or a co-working shared space. Yeah, first floor as well, maybe on a shopping plaza versus we're still focusing on, on entrepreneurship business-wise. So I still look for class A or B, um, but I prefer class A building because, again, everything is perception and you want to have the lock. You want to have a professional building where people come in and they go, wow. And so I feel like the, the classes are going to go over a few heads. And so can you explain the difference between class A, B, C? Oh, the, the building. So uh, a class A building has, well, this is actually a studies, a yearly studies done by CBRE and other different businesses that uh, their main business is commercial real estate. So when you go look at a building, usually on the specs, it will tell you the class of the building. But a lot of it comes in the AC, the year it was built, if it was remodeled, if it wasn't remodeled, the, um, you know, the if um, nowadays the new buildings are coming with everything technology, you know, you don't even have to press a button to call the elevator. You can just look and tell the elevator to take you to floor number seven. You can wow. see those in Brickle. <laughs> Yes. So, but it also depends on the city. So we are on a class A building in the city of Hollywood because we don't have that technology here. But in Brickle, we would be considered a class C because in Brickle, you will have those kind of um, buildings where you press up, like you go to the lobby directory, for example, press on the client and it will tell you what elevator is coming for you. Mm -hmm. And the elevator opens up by itself. And just walk in and it will take you to the floor. Wow. So that's a new technology and that will be considered in Brickle, a class A building, the rating. But okay. I, I focus on the look of the building. I want a professional building, a building that is well kept. 
that the owners, the landlords are taking care of the, of the building. So when your clients come to see you, they see a professional location. Perfect. Perfect. And so you said that 90% of your business used to be attorneys. And so, um, is there like a target audience that you usually end up looking for or people that more so even just gravitate towards the business in general? Like who's a good fit for, you know, just some examples of, you know, just having an executive space. Okay. So things have changed. Like I said, a lot. And, uh, the reason why I focused on attorneys is because I knew their business and I knew that they were great at the law but they were so bad in business. <laughs> so they needed the help of someone to set it up, to, you know, you were great at, at the practicing of the law, but how about, how do you get your clients? Mm. I mean, you need a website, you need marketing, you need, at that time, you needed to be on the yellow pages. And I used to help them with that. Today is different. But I can tell you, Rich, not I'm not selling, but I can tell you that anyone is a good fit. Anyone opening a business that doesn't know where to start is a good fit because they need a location. Anybody outside of the country that wants to do any kind of business in the U.S. needs a bank account. So in order to open a bank account, you need an address. So you need to open a corporation and get an EAN number. With an, and get an address with the address, you'll be able to open the bank account. Otherwise, there's no way to open a bank account in today's uh, the way things are going today. But anybody starting a business that wants to be a part of a community, um, I am I'm gonna say that it is by trends. Okay, so everybody knows the last year, real estate was off the roof, the prices went up. Mm -hmm. So I started getting lots of real estate agents title companies, mortgage brokers. So I target that audience a little bit more. Uh, and this time of the year, I know tax season starts in January. So I already started marketing or, or targeting accountants, bookkeepers, people that just do taxes because they need a space. Um, in November, we knew insurance was going to kick in. So I targeted everybody in the insurance industry. I have a client that comes here every year, November and December, because if he goes anywhere else, they're going to ask for a minimum of three month lease. But I know him. I know he only needs two. And we work together. So every month, every year he comes November, December. I mean, people can still come looking for him here. His clients know that the rest of the year he's at home. Mm. They know that. And there's no problem with that. He, re he represents insurances and he's working for the government. It's wow. Obamacare. So there's nothing fake. There's nothing hidden. But a lot of people want to see him face to face. And he doesn't necessarily want to use his home address for that. Of course not. We go back to that. And he needs a computer and fast internet to do the processing of the insurance right there and then. Wow. So basically you... What would you say is like your main method to, you know, finding clients? Like, is it like Facebook ads or, you know, referrals or what's your biggest uh, influx? Like, how do you bring people in? The, the main the main thing is by brokers. Uh, the main way is by brokers. They um, were all on Google. I was lucky enough to open Hollywood executive office suites. 
which is a DBA of Alexa's Workspaces. And uh, that was opened 15 years ago. Uh, there was only one other center in the area. And so by calling it Hollywood, I am still at the top ranking. Wow. Uh, because right now there's a lot of competition, but I still, Google is one of the best ways. I have done Facebook um, and people are interested, but I need to revisit social media because things have changed a lot and I will, but uh, before people don't really went to social media for an actual office space and they still want to come see it with their own eyes. They want to see, but I want to be able to offer a solution where, um, you know, all these new people in technology, all these new people that are doing podcasting, even from home or website design, or, you know, they, they don't necessarily can afford an actual space, but they need to have an address. And so we're starting to create a campaign for all those people starting businesses that are copywriters um, and they just don't know where they want to live. They want to travel the world, which is a new trend, and they want to be digital nomads. They want to be writers. Uh, they social media um, influencers will, but they still need a location, uh, a location they can trust where they can receive their mail, where they can receive checks. We deposit checks for our clients that are abroad. We can mail you or, or scan or even take a picture of your mail and send it to you. So you don't have to be stuck to a location or a place. You can be traveling the world and working from the beach. That doesn't make you less of an entrepreneur. That exactly. just, you're in, a, in an industry that you don't really have to see people. But you still, if you want to grow your business, regardless of where you're working, whether it's the beach or your bedroom or at the office, you do need to have some kind of business presence. People want to make sure that they're going to pay you to do something that you say you're going to do. And if you don't, they can go look for you because they want to trust the person they are doing business with. In today's industry, that is the way to go. You need to trust who you're doing business with. Okay. Okay. And so just to double down, you do not need to be in the same state, which is Florida, to have a, a business address here. No, you don't. Um, we have clients in Israel. We have clients in Spain. We have clients in Peru, Argentina, Mexico, so and all over the U.S. It, it doesn't matter where you live. If you need a location in South Florida, we, you can get an address with us and we'll receive your mail. That just means, you know, depending on the industry that you're in, if it's an industry like real estate, if you're a realtor and your license says you can work here, you can live anywhere, but you can practice only here. So you need an address here. Or if you're six months in one state, six months in Florida, same. Uh, it doesn't matter where you live. It just matters where you want to have, who you trust to collect your mail to receive your checks, you know, to make sure your things are safe. And that's where you want to go. Mm, wow. Okay. Now this, this was definitely informational. And so what would be three pieces of advice you would have towards, you know, um, 
just new entrepreneurs and maybe if they wanted to get into like a field like this? Well, uh, number one, you have to study the business that you're going in. You have to put things on paper. Um, going into business is not easy, but that would be number one. Due diligence. You have to do your due diligence. If you're sure that's the business you want to go into after doing due diligence, I would say step number two, you have to get a business coach unless you're graduated business school. So because otherwise, you I mean, I didn't go to business school, but I also had a lot of bumps along the road until I gave up and I I realized there were business coaches <laughs> and um, my business mindset and my business completely changed the day that I hired um, the first business coach that I had because it was like, an, like I was no longer an employee mm. of my business. I was an entrepreneur. Wow. And that there is a big, big difference between being an employee of your own business and just, you know, hey, I do electricity. I'm, I'm an electrician, but I work seven days a week for my company. So explain then, that to them a little deeper. Oh, okay. So it, it's very easy. So if, okay, so I studied graphic design and I opened, not here in Peru, but I once I graduated, I opened my own studio. And I started looking for clients. I had the personality, so I wasn't shy. I did start getting clients, but I didn't see profits. Why? Because all I did was work pretty much 24-7 getting all these designs out. So when I did the math, it I was making, I don't know, $8 an hour. <laughs> so, And I was an entrepreneur. I was starting my own, my own business. And it was great at the beginning, but you start getting tired. And the years pass and you're like, wait a second, all I do is work more and I don't see how I'm growing. Okay, let's say you do hire someone because you are growing, you're making more money now, but you're still stuck. You're still working. You're doing the books. You're doing, you're doing that. You're, you're going after people for the money. You, you're, you're playing different hats and you don't know business. So you don't know how to read your financials. And at the end of the year, you have all this paperwork and you go to your accountant and they go, oh my God, what is all this? They, you have no idea what you're doing, uh, but you are just an employee of your business. You're a business owner. If that's what people want, then hey, great. But I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is somebody that's going to lev use leverage to do a pyramid kind of business where you're at the top and you have pe people doing tasks for you. It becomes a team. But at that time, you can actually focus on growing your business, on opening a second location or a different business um, and learning more about business rather than you doing all the work. So an entrepreneur is somebody that's looking from the outside and saying, okay, this is the way to go. And they are looking at the numbers. They are also always constantly studying the market then the changes we have to ad adapt how do we adapt how do we change and that's an entrepreneur somebody that's looking from above being a, an amazing leader and having a good team you know working with you and and to help you grow the business not necessarily inside of the business now i personally love to work the business but i am in an office and i have five different businesses that i'm 
working on all the time. So yes, I do like to work, um, but I also, I can say I'm, I'm able to take two months vacation a year today. So, and that was because I changed the mindset from being a graphic designer and owning my studio and working for myself to, wait a second, I can actually rent an office and have five graphic designers do that for me. Wow. And I can just go out and instead of getting my neighbor as a client, I can actually go after Toyota, which I actually ended up doing in Peru, by the way. Wow. <laughs> I got a little job, but, um, but that also helped me open my mind to, oh my God, which is the reason why I decided to go for marketing and communications. I didn't want to just, I love graphic design, but I wanted to grow the graphic design business and I knew I needed more than that. So for me, that would be the difference between a, a business owner and an entrepreneur. Got it. Okay. So you are on number two. Yes, so that would be number two. And um, number three, well, which is actually part of number two, but number three, I would definitely have to say, um, get yourself, like I said, three mentors or people that are going to guide you. It could also be the business coach, but people that are going to give you the difference with an LLC versus an Inc., uh, people that are going to be there along the way to guide you. Um, get the location, get, definitely get the location, get started. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait until tomorrow. Do it today. Just move forward. Um, and when you have a hiccup, just, or you fall, get up and keep going, uh, and secure the funding. And I would say today, try not to use your home. I actually started the business getting an equity line of credit mm. and, um, I was told not to do it, and I still did, and I almost lost my house, which was uh, another, I could tell you the story another day. It's a long story, but I don't regret it today. But if I could go back, I probably would have looked for funding on a different way. I told you that my business is tough, but you can get business partners, angel investors, and all of that, you don't know when you go into business. You learn with time. I didn't know what an angel investor was. Now I am one. So depending on the business, I've helped a few people with funding, not a lot. But, you know, if I trust what you're doing and I think that you could be a successful entrepreneur and you have the mindset, I will look into my resources. So that is that is the, um, the main three things that I, I, I would say you need. Um, and then just, just keep keep at it. It's a dream, and and it's a dream that you can make possible. Just keep going. Wow, that's beautiful. And so, <laughs> last question would be, um, you know, being a there's there's going to be a lot of women that that watch this interview, and so being a female, especially in a male dominated industry, you know, what are some things that you've had to deal with? You know, do do people feel like you don't do it as proper or, you know, do you get, you know, the friction there? And then and, and what is just some advice for women scaling into, you know, entrepreneurship? I would say, um, well, first off, this is an industry that it's all about, you know, what you feel when you walk through that door. So 
I think I was perfect for this industry. Um, the, the, the tough part comes when you go to a landlord and you want to sign a five-year lease and they go, and who are you? So yes, that's where a little bit of complication comes. And if you're a female, uh, they look at you and they don't, I mean, negotiating my, my first, my original lease took almost a year. Wow. I had to actually knock on doors. The president of the Aventura Marketing Council at that time, or she's still, uh, I believe the president, Elaine Adler, had to make a few phone calls <laughs> because she also helped women. So I would say, look for other women to give you the support. Uh, and I support a lot of women. Um, I am actually on the board of um, the Power of the Heels Foundation. Uh, we help uh, girls. Um, we, you know, giving them power, letting them know they can they can do whatever it is that they want to do. There's the sky is the limit. There's no ceiling uh, to break anymore. We can do it all. Um, I would just say stay focused and be the best at what you do. And you can also take advantage of it. You know, there are a million different offers uh, when it's a business owned um, a company or, or you know, like, for example, the, the government, you know, if you register as a business owned business, they have grants, they have, um, you know, and the federal government is treated like an entity. They mm. need anything. They need clothing. They need food. They need anything, medical assistance. They need office space. So I, I would say take advantage of that. Register, go to the city, go to the county, go to the state, and go to the federal level. Hey, you know, try to get uh, jobs, or at least you can apply for jobs. Um, definitely go and search for groups of women entrepreneurs that support other women. There's plenty of those as, as well, and I am a member of a few of those. Um, and, you know, I, for me, it's the personality. I, when people walk through the door, I'm not just trying to get their money. I really want to sit down and understand what you do and how I can help you. I think at that time, it's a win-win situation, whether you're a male or female, and you will trust me right away because you'll see I'm not looking for a short-term sell. I'm looking for you to be a part of a community, a community of entrepreneurs, and I want you to stay with me forever. Of course, if you leave, you're a success story for me because that means you made it, and now you're looking for your own traditional space. Wow. So as you can tell, Miss Alexa definitely does have an attractive mindset, and we've definitely learned a lot, a lot of gems today. And so, where can people find you if they, you know, if they need an office, if they need a virtual office, social media? Like, what are some places they can find you? Of course. So uh, the website and the social media is under Alexa's Workspaces. That is the name of the corporation. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I am also in. Um, LinkedIn as Alexa Boothman and also the company. We are also in YouTube, but it's all Alexa, uh, Alexa's workspaces. 
and you can call me. We, you don't need to sign with me. I, if I have time, we can set up a time and I can explain the different services we offer or what may be good for you uh, to start. Um, good thing about us, we haven't changed uh, the terms of our agreements. And so we still do month to month, which is great for people that are starting up and you don't know and you don't want that commitment. Uh, don't be afraid. You can call us. We will be more than happy to set you up. Uh, and not only with us, we can open the corporation, get you the EAN number. If you want to register with the city, we'll let you know how to do it. We'll give you the website and I'll sit down with you and help you setting it up. Um, you know, those are things that we can do for you that we'll be happy to. We want you to succeed if you're a part of our family. We don't want you to be here for two to three months and then give up. But you do have to put the effort into the business. You have to do the work and, you know, we will do the rest for you in the background. <laughs> exactly. And so if you made it this far into the episode, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, maybe she agrees to it. Maybe she doesn't. But if you DM or call her and say attractive mindset, maybe she'll give you a discount on your, you know, something that you have virtual offices. Who knows? I'm just going to put that out there. But, you know, <laughs> thank you again for coming on the talk show. And, you know, we really appreciate the insight, you know, everything that you do, even just for me on a personal level, but what you do for the community, the community of entrepreneurship and business, it's super essential for what we have. And so again, we're just ending another episode. And as we say, we look good, we live good and life is good. And so we're out. Thank you. <laughs>